Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, The Eric Erickson Show. I am across the nation, but I must say something specifically for the 20 stations I have in the state of Georgia. I got stations in a lot of states, but I got 20 of them in my state, and it's runoff day in my state. And I, I, I mentioned this in the first hour, and we got a call saying, well, I showed up to go vote. I did what you told me. They said it's only for Democrats. What's going on? Well... There aren't runoffs in every part of the state of Georgia if you're a Republican. There are if you're a Democrat. Every single county in the state of Georgia has runoffs for the Democrats. That's how divided they are in the state. But not everywhere in in the state of Georgia has Republican runoffs. Um, It takes you five minutes to go vote. Just five minutes. If you are in the southwest corner of the state of Georgia, you have a congressional runoff between Chris West and Jeremy Hunt. I like them both. I endorse Jeremy Hunt, though. Um, he, he's he's a great guy. He's in Columbus. Uh, Chris would be just fine. He's actually a lifer in the in the district, and Jeremy's not. But uh, Jeremy's got a lot of national conservatives backing him. He's a good dude, and I'm supporting him. If you live in the Cobb County area, now they've rearranged the district, so I'm Cobb for Scythe area, North Atlanta area. That's the 6th Congressional District. My friend Rich McCormick is running for Congress. Rich McCormick, he's a Marine. Not was a Marine, he is a Marine. He is an ER doctor. He is a Christian. He is a conservative. Do you know he went to, um, what is it, Morehouse uh, Medical School, uh, which is a historically black college. He, a white guy, went there and became the student body president. Um, and he's just, a, that. He's that's kind of the, great sort of character that he has. Um, he just builds bridges with people. Uh, he's uncompromising in his conservative views, but he's just a happy warrior. I, I just adore the guy. If you're in the 6th Congressional District, go vote for Rich McCormick. If you're in the 10th Congressional District in Georgia, that is um, middle east of the state, the middle east, the, the eastern middle portion of the state and up towards the Athens, Georgia area. Uh, Jody Heiss is the current congressman. Um who lost for Secretary of State, so they're having an election here. Uh, Mike Collins, Brian Kemp, the governor, has endorsed Mike Collins. Uh, the frontline policy, the the social conservative group in the state has endorsed Mike Collins. I have endorsed Mike Collins. Go vote for Mike Collins. Please, 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 his opponent would be a disaster. I go vote for Mike Collins. Uh, and then if you're in Forsyth County, you have runoffs in addition to Rich McCormick's race there. Uh, in Forsyth County, if you're in the southern end of Forsyth County, you want to vote for Sherry Gilligan in the state house. If you're in the northeast corner of Forsyth County, you want to vote for Brett Cox. Um, please go vote there too. We need those two good people in the state house. So I apologize to the rest of you outside of the state of Georgia. It's these these are the races I care deeply about in the state of Georgia. Good, good, good people. Uh, and they need need votes today, and it's a runoff day, which means turnout for the Republicans is going to be very low across the state. It will take you five minutes to go vote if there's a runoff. Now, for you Democrats in Georgia, this is kind of delightful to see. Stacey Abrams has a bit of a mess on her hands. Uh, she has weighed in on three statewide races for the Democrats because the Democrats are so divided in the state of Georgia, and she's trying to get the progressives across the finish line, which is a good thing. It's actually good. 
Stacey Abrams is trying to get as progressive a group of people as possible to run with her. They're all going to lose in November, and it will be a brilliant time watching the left go down in flames in Georgia. There are actually some fairly conservative candidates there. I mean, they're all Democrats, mind you. But uh, she's going with some far lefties, and they're all going to go down in flames, and it'll be great for the GOP when that happens in November in Georgia. Um, if you are a Democrat in Georgia, you have a wherever you're listening to me right now, you have a runoff today. You should go vote. It, it's your your civic obligation, if you will. You don't have to go vote if you don't want to. Now, this is the way it works. If you're a Republican, you got to vote in the Republican runoff. And if you're a Democrat, you got to vote in the Democratic runoff. If you have not voted at all, you get to pick whichever one you want to vote vote in. Um, Alabama has a runoff today. It's against uh, the grifter. Uh, what's her name? Katie, whatever her name is. She'll be a terrible senator. Uh, she will be the lobbyist best friend. And then you got Mo Brooks, both of whom have been endorsed by Donald Trump. First Brooks, then then what's your name? The Chamber of Commerce woman who raised taxes in, in Alabama. Um, terrible, grifty candidate, but Donald Trump weighed in for her. Everybody in Alabama should go vote for Mo Brooks. There's regular primary in Virginia today. There's also runoffs in Arkansas. The only race I really cared about in Arkansas was uh, Sarah Sanders, and she's going to be the gubernatorial nominee there, and she'll be awesome. Now, I, I got an email and I got to read you this email, and I'm, I'm going to leave the lady's name out of it, but I got to read you an email because it, it plays into a story that I need to, to talk about. This is an email from a listener. I'm a Republican. I listen to you on the radio. We have a huge chance of winning but we need to leave personal social issues out of politics. Pushing the abortion topic has already made many women angry. We need to focus on saving our country and not controlling women's lives. I have a 17-year-old. If she gets pregnant, I'm not going to start over at 61 with another baby to raise so she can go to college and have a life. That's also my life and her life. This is not your business or big government. I just heard you telling people to not vote for someone because he is pro-abortion. Can you imagine voting just because of that never-ending topic that will never stop flip-flopping back and forth according to whoever is in power? Please stop pushing this topic. My specific reference was to Snuggles, uh, Vernon Jones, who is running against Mike Collins in the 10th Congressional District. Uh, Snuggles, Vernon Jones was a pro-abortion Democrat who became a pro-life Republican about five minutes ago because he wanted a Republican nomination. That was my reference there. But I have to take issue with this listener's email. I won't vote for a pro-abortion candidate. I won't. Uh, it's one reason I, I didn't support Donald Trump in 2016 because I didn't believe he really would do much for the pro-life cause. And in fact, he's been probably the best pro-life president we've ever had. But I wasn't convinced in 2016 because up until about five minutes before he ran, he had been a Planned Parenthood donor and a, a pro-abortion Democrat. It's an issue that, while it doesn't resonate with this listener, resonates with a lot of people. But I, I got I to take issue with something. Um, one of the things that she says is pushing the abortion topic has already made many women angry. If you look at the Gallup poll, if you look at the Pew poll, if you look at the Ipsos poll, 
if you look at the Associated Press poll, if you look at the Fox News poll, if you look at the CNN poll, if you look at the YouGov poll, a majority of women in the United States of America consider themselves pro-life. A majority of women in this country want serious restrictions on abortion. And a majority of women in this country want abortion banned after 15 weeks. Not all of them, not a majority of them, in fact, only about 42% on average want it banned from the beginning. But just because it's not your issue, just because you are pro-abortion but don't want to call yourself pro-abortion, doesn't mean it's not other people's issue. Now, I will tell you in radio, I have always been advised and told never talk about this issue. It divides the room, and you don't want to, like a comedian on stage, you don't want to divide the room. You let the people who want to divide the babies up divide the babies up. You don't divide the room by talking about it on radio. I, you know what? I have uh, been very successful in talk radio by ignoring all the things people tell me to do on radio. Regardless, I will tell you, you can't be dismissive of this issue because the Republican Party has built a coalition on being pro-life. And they've been very successful at it. The people who will be upset and vote Democrat because the Supreme Court reverses Roe v. Wade and allows this issue to go back to the states. The people who will be fired up about the issue are the people who are going to vote Democrat anyway. All of that gets me to this Washington Post story. This is, I mentioned it in passing yesterday, but man, I have read the story. Here's the headline. This Texas teen wanted an abortion. She now has twins. The subtitle is Brooke Alexander found out she was pregnant 48 hours before the Texas abortion ban took effect. And it goes through her misery as a mom going through the misery that every mother can go through. Brooke Alexander took off her breast pump at 6.04 p.m. and brought two fresh bottles of milk over to the bed where her three-month-old twins lay flat on their backs, red-faced and crying. Running on four hours of sleep, the 18-year-old tried to feed both babies at once, holding Kendall in her arms while she tried to get Olivia to feed herself. Her bottle propped up by a pillow, but the bottle kept slipping and the baby kept wailing and Brooke's boyfriend, Billy High, wouldn't be home for another five hours. Please, fussy girl, Brooke whispered. She peeked outside the room, just big enough for a full-size mattress, and realized she had barely seen the sun all day. The windows were covered by blankets pinned up with thumbtacks to keep the room cool. Brooke rarely ventured into the rest of the house. Billy's dad had taken them in while her mom kicked them out and she didn't want to get in his way. The hours without Billy were always the hardest. She knew he had to go as they relied entirely on the nine seventy-five an hour he made working the line at Freebird's World Burrito. But she tortured herself imagining all the girls he might be meeting and she wished she had somewhere to go. Brooke found out she was pregnant two days before the Texas Heartbeat Act. And by the time she decided she wanted an abortion, it was too late. Sometimes she imagines her life if she hadn't gotten pregnant. Now, they try to make her very sympathetic in the story, which she is. But what I find very fascinating is they try very, very hard to make this a story about why it was terrible 
to ban abortions in Texas or pass the law they did. But holy moly, let, let me give you some highlights of this story here. Uh, and from my friend Ian Hayworth. She decided to stay pregnant. She could have gone somewhere and had an abortion, but she decided to stay pregnant. And the Washington Post wants you to think it was a disaster for her. The Washington Post shared pictures of the two babies who otherwise would have been aborted and says Texas offers a glimpse of what the country might face. So let me tell you what this girl and her boyfriend faced. Uh, She faced dropping out of high school, which she had already done, and found purpose in these children. She enrolled in real estate classes at community college. It'd be her first time back in a classroom since she dropped out of high school three years before at age 15. She decided for the sake of her children, she needed to improve her life. The pregnancy center of the Coastal Bend, which advertises itself as the number one source of abortion information, is a crisis pregnancy center run by a religious group that does not fund abortions. When Brooke showed up with her mother for her an appointment, she had no idea she was walking into a facility designed to persuade people not to have abortions. But you know what? She got an ultrasound for free. She got lots of help for free. She got training on being a mother for free. She got diapers for free. The babies were born. She and her boyfriend are getting married. The boyfriend has found a job. The mom is going back to school. Had she just aborted the kids, you know what would have happened? She would have stayed dropped out of school. She would not have gone back to community college. Instead, because of her babies, she decided to improve her life. Because of her babies, her boyfriend decided to become her husband. Because of her babies, her husband decided he needed to make more money and get into a real routine. Because of her babies, her life has improved. She's improving her education. She's married. They have family support. And the villainized, demonized crisis pregnancy center run by a church that didn't support abortion has stepped in to help fill the void and help them meet costs to take care of diapers, to take care of food, to take care of training, to take care of the crib, to take care of lots and lots of stuff they otherwise would not have had. Is there a burden in having a child? Yes. Is there a need for responsibility? Yes. But the Washington Post ran this massive story to try to highlight how awful it is that this Texas high school dropouts could not get an abortion. And what the story actually showed is that because she could not get an abortion, she grew up and she got a job and her husband got a job and and the boyfriend, they became married. And now she's going back to college to advance her education and get a career to help support the family. In other words, in other words, by not having the abortion and having these twins, her family life is now stable and her opportunities in life are now improved. And somehow the national media thinks that's a bad thing. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. And I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. 
If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, more importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, you can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it, and I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Now, I, I got to tell you, I was just figuring, oh, it, I got I to gotta send out a recipe tomorrow. And I have a recipe and I'm going to make it for the front porch on Sunday. And it's like a focaccia, you know, the, the Italian flatbread, the fluffy flatbread, but it's more like pizza. And you, you put a tomato sauce on top of it. You don't have to put cheese or anything on it. It's actually really good. Um, so I do, I'm probably going to put some cheese on it, but it's just the tomato sauce and then bacon, crispy bacon on top. And it's just incredible. Um, delicious. It's, it's like bread, tomatoes, and bacon. And it, mm, it's like a BLT without the, the L. Um, now if you want it, text the word recipe, singular recipe to three, three, Seven seven seven, uh, a recipe to three three seven seven seven. Tomorrow I will. You subscribe tomorrow. I'll send out the email. Now let's see. Uh, I am going to go to John here on the phones. John, welcome to the program. Hey Eric, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, I called yesterday. It was late. Uh, couldn't take the call. I surprised you took the call, but your caller did. But anyway, call taker. Uh, I'll make it quick. Hypothetical here. Uh, guy T-bones a lady, she's pregnant, 12 weeks old, I mean, 12 weeks uh, gestation. Uh, he gets charged and convicted of, what do they call it? Uh, uh, homicide. Uh, suicide. Homicide. Uh, but a lady can go get a, a abortion and she's a hero. Yes. What makes that any different? Uh, the, the morals or lack thereof of society, frankly, um, we, we, we've bought into the choice idea, John, um, it, that if it's her choice to rid herself of the child, then it's, it's a choice. But if it's not her choice and someone causes it, then that person, um, gets in trouble. Um, part of the problem here is that, you know, this, this subverts dynamics as well, where if the father wants to keep the child, the father uh, has no say in the matter. If the father wants to abort the child, the father has no say in the matter. 
if the father wants to abort the child and the mother wants to keep the child, then the father's on the hook for paying for the child, which she should be, by the way. But um, if it's a choice issue, then why should he? It, it, it elevates a power dynamic there that shouldn't be the case of the law for consistency's sake. Now, personally, I think a baby's a baby is a baby and all life is sacred. I realize there are people who disagree. That's why I understand people don't like you to talk about this issue on the radio. But at the same time, uh, we shouldn't obfuscate the fact that it is a, a passionate subject for a lot of people on both sides. But it's also factored into the equation on parties voting right now. Uh, and the people who don't care simply don't care. And so it doesn't really matter because it's a passionate issue for about 5% of the population and no one else. And it's already baked into the political equation for November, regardless of what happens at the Supreme Court. I'm a longtime customer of Bull and Branch. I love their sheets. I sleep very comfortably, very coolly underneath them. I don't like to get hot when I sleep. They're very, very breathable. They're very, very soft, and they get softer with every wash as well. Bull and Branch sheets, they're not just buttery, breathably, and possibly comfortable and softer with every wash. You don't even have to worry about the thread count there because they use the best threads possible, and you can tell by the quality of the sheets. I highly recommend you get some. My wife and I, you know, she heard the ads on other shows. She doesn't listen to my podcast, and she wanted them, and then we got some, and we've fallen in love with them. We've got them on a lot of the beds in our house. They use the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness and a better night's sleep. They're so luxurious. They're beloved by three American presidents, and they got over 10,000 reviews all of which are fantastic reviews. And right now you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. I I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Um, No. Isn't it annoying? Charlie's complaining people are calling in and saying, I'm not talking about the issue they want me to talk about. And therefore, what issue in particular is it that um, someone is calling in and demanding that I talk about? No. Why? Not even in the, I I, I don't understand. You just, you can't please people sometimes that you're talking about this. You should be talking about this instead. It's, it's, It's the most important issue of the day. Maybe it is for you. But it might not be for me. And and let me see. What is this? Hang on. Um, uh, let me go to, to WRGA. Uh, um, yep. Um, yep. Um, um, sorry. What? Nope. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking. Uh, I'm sorry, but according to the website, it says it's the Eric Erickson show. And my I, my apologies. I'm I'm looking uh, wrganews.com. There's a big banner up top. Up in Rome, Georgia, says the Eric Erickson show. Let me let me go see wsbradio.com. Um, yep, it says I'm sorry. It says it's the Eric Erickson show. Yeah, I, I guess you got to go get your own darn show, and you can talk about dog pooping on your lawn if that's what interests you. It's just uh, this is this was my show. I'm sorry. I apologize. So we have to talk about what I want to talk about. You can always call in and try to persuade me to talk about something else. If you can get past the call screener who you have surely just annoyed. The phone number is 877-973-7425. 
Unfortunately, I have to talk about, no, you should say these things. I, I enjoy the distraction of harassing people. I have to talk, though, unfortunately, about a topic I don't want to talk about. I will be honest. I have tried very hard to distract myself from talking about this topic because I don't want to talk about this topic. But this is a news talk program and it's news and sometimes I have to talk about things I would prefer not to talk about. And I don't want to talk about this one. But you got to hear it. Boy. The Texas State Police have conducted an investigation. They could have stopped the shooter in Uvalde, Texas within three minutes. Can we move on now? They released footage we haven't seen. The police stood in the hall. They had a bulletproof shield. And they stood in the hall for an hour and listened to that murderer murder the babies. They stood there and listened. It's all on film. Remember they had to wait for someone to unlock the classroom door? The classroom door was not locked. Here's what we know. The shooter stood outside the school firing his gun at people and at nothing for about 10 minutes. No one at the school locked any of the doors. There was no school safety personnel. He walked in through the back door of the school that was unlocked. Because he had been outside for 10 minutes shooting his gun, the police had been called. They were on their way. They arrived about the time he headed in through the back door of the school. They were there by the time he walked into the classroom. He never locked the door of the classroom. He began killing those children. And the police stormed the building in all of their gear with all of their guns and a shield. And instead of storming the classroom and killing the bad guy, they stood outside in the hallway and listened to the children scream and die for an hour. Before they stormed the room, and one of the officers called out for kids to reveal themselves, and they did, and the police had not killed the gunman, so the gunman killed the kids who thought the police were there to save them. And then they killed the gunman. We can have a conversation if we need to have the conversation about how the bad guy got the gun. But what we know now is that this isn't a story about the good guy with the gun stopping him because the good guy had the gun and the shield and the body armor and didn't stop the bad guy with the gun. 
Instead, the supposed good guy stood in the hallway for an hour and listened to what was happening. The officer on command at the scene refused to allow the police to go in. The police wanted to. The commander did not let him. Um, this is a colossal police failure. This is the story I did not want to talk about. Um, you know, this town has been failed. The town was failed by the people who signed up for a job to keep the town safe. And there should be and have not yet been, but must be resignations. Some of you will think, well, they should sue. The problem is that the Supreme Court long ago ruled that there's actually not a constitutional duty for the police to keep you safe. You can't sue the police for not taking action because the police are under the law, not technically uh, required to take the action. I'm just, I'm, I'm at a loss. And then we know that police stood outside and blocked the parents from going in and storming the room. The police stood outside and stopped the parents. There was a guy I, I put, when, when these facts started coming out a few weeks ago, I put up the information as we knew it then. And by the way, that we don't know, a whole, there isn't a whole lot more that we know now other than the door was, was actually unlocked, not locked in the classroom. And the police who were there actually were better armed than what they first told us and had shields, or at least one shield. But all the other stuff we knew, and I put that up, and, and there was a guy on my Facebook who started attacking me for questioning the credibility of the police. How dare you do that? Why are you undermining the police? We get so tribal sometimes. There are a lot of people who hate the police these days. And the police can do nothing right. And there are a lot of people who are so defensive of the police, they can't acknowledge the police can do something wrong. Can you now acknowledge the police really screwed this up? And I got to say, I, I, I'm one of the people in the camp who thinks, you know, maybe after two years of, of attacking the police... Maybe all the attacks on the police had an impact, but I got to think in this situation, that didn't really have it. It's, it's the partisan cute thing to say that the, we've attacked the police so much, the police were scared. When you're hearing babies in the classroom being blown away by a madman and you're not going to, that has nothing to do with people saying bad things about the police. Sometimes they don't need to be defended. He stood in that hallway for an hour listening. And then when they went into the classroom and they called out to the kids and said, we're here to help, they didn't shoot the bad guy first. 
and that allowed the bad guy more time to shoot more of the kids. And there's a larger issue here. This community has been failed by its police department. If you want my personal opinion, they should fire everyone, burn the police building to the ground, take a bulldozer and clear it out, and then start over. But it's not just them. Our institutions nationally are failing us. The FBI fails us regularly. It's allowed partisanship in too often, too many times. Too many people are casting doubts. Look at the the kidnapping plot of Gretchen Whitmer that turned out not to be. Our medical institutions are failing us. They give us bad advice. They give us politicized advice. The American Medical Association is on the side of the people who think that a child cutting off their genitals is it's perfectly fine and normal and should be encouraged. They've come out in the last little while and said that um, ending abortion rights is a crime against humanity or a human rights injustice or some such. They've been captured by the politics of the left. You can't listen to the American Medical Association for medical advice anymore because they give you left-wing indoctrination advice. The CDC has failed us. The FDA has failed us. The National Institutes of Health have failed us. The FBI has failed us. The CIA has failed us. Congress fails us. Our national institutions continue to fail us. Our colleges and universities, our education system failing us. They've given up on teaching. They've given up on educating. They've sided with indoctrination. We're at a crisis moment in this country where those institutions we put in place to help us have decided they want to control us. And they've been taken over by technocrats who think they know best. And what I really ultimately think is going on in this country is that the people have lost trust in the institutions because beforehand the institutions lost trust in the people. The people have lost trust in the institutions because before that happened, the institutions lost trust in the people. And the institutions think now that they know better than the people. We are supposed to be a country with a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. And instead, we seem to be a country with the government of the government, for the government, and by the government. And the government is all that must be protected. And so when the children were held hostage by a gunman, The government protected the lives of the government employees before protecting the lives of the children. It's a colossal, colossal failure. It's a colossal, colossal screw-up in Uvalde, Texas. We also know that more than one of the children and at least one of the adults who died bled out for so long that they died from loss of blood, not because they were shot and killed instantly, And had the police gone into the room sooner, they might have been able to save more likely than not even more lives. I didn't want to talk about this story.
it gives me no joy to talk about this story, but you need to know the truth. You need to know what happened. You need to know the facts. You need to know that there was an institutional failure where the good guys did the bad thing. They put themselves before the children. Greater love, the greatest love is laying down your life for someone else. They didn't treat this as a love. They treated it as a job, and as a job with a security where they didn't have to give up their life when, in fact, they went into a job in an institution where there are a lot of people who have a love of the job and are willing to lay down their life for others. And these people didn't. They followed orders, and they stood in a hallway for an hour listening to a gunman killing elementary school kids, and they did nothing. Shame on them. They should all quit or be fired. The building bulldozed to the ground, and this town should be able to completely start over from the ground up. Now, I probably would have rather have talked about whatever y'all were calling in to complain that I wasn't talking about. Now we've, we've dealt with this. I got to move on to better, happier things. Um, that's just depressing. Sorry, you got to deal with the news sometimes too. Um, I also want to tell you about uh, Patriot Mobile here. Um, they are in Texas. They are a Texas organization, a Texas business, and they work nationwide uh, advancing the conservative movement, the Second Amendment movement. Uh, they support the first responders. They support the Second Amendment crowd. They support the pro-lifers. They support the causes you care about because they are organized to be a Christian conservative company. And the way they do this is they take a portion of their profits and they fund the conservative movement. Uh, I got an email actually from, from one of the heads of the company saying they're, they really are stepping up to fund actual vet and fund conservative candidates uh, through a PAC. Um, but they need you to be able to do that. And to get you, they use the same cell towers everybody else uses. So you don't have to worry about quality of service and you get free activation with my name. You can carry your existing phone number to them. As a matter of fact, what you do is you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or you can call them. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service, 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name or just go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can get a uh, see their coverage map, really detailed. They've got great coverage all over the country. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, uh, where was the, I had, I know what I wanted to talk about. Oh, I don't really have time to talk about that. So I got to talk about something else. When we come back, I'll talk about that. Yeah, you just stick around in this one. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Congresswoman from Georgia, uh, had some posters outside her office. They were vandalized. They were defaced. And it turns out uh, it was the chief of staff of Democratic Representative Jake Auchincloss who did it. Now, Auchincloss is on the uh, January 6th committee. And it's his chief of staff 
that no wait 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 I'm sorry Alkin Gloss is not on the January 6th committee he was the one member of Congress who wasn't that the Colbert team wanted to interview and Alkin Gloss is his staff are the ones who allowed Stephen Colbert's team to get back into the U.S. Capitol building complex. They all got arrested, if you recall, the other day. It was Alkin Kloss's staff that let them into the building uh, unaccompanied, unescorted to roam for free. And it was Alkin Kloss's chief of staff who defaced the posters outside Marjorie Taylor Greene's office. And uh, the Capitol Police referred the chief of staff for criminal charges. But the um, U.S. attorney declined to do anything about it. The U.S. attorney who is prosecuting the January 6th rioters declined to prosecute the staffer of a member of Congress who is defacing the works of another member of Congress. Can you imagine if the roles have been reversed, if it was a Republican doing it to a Democrat? Of course they'd prosecute. This is why our institutions are failing us at the partisan level. Nobody can trust them.